Welcome back to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. We're continuing our series on the future of Vancouver and talking about the Sunok development at the south end of the Broad Street Bridge. I'm joined by Wilson Williams, elected councillor and spokesperson for the Squamish Nation, the nation leading this historic development project. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, glad to be here, Bridget. Thank you. So this is the largest First Nations economic development project in Canadian history. I mean, I can't underscore that. It's it's a really big project, 6,000 homes. So why don't we start at the beginning of this story? How did this come to be? Well, we've always referenced it, uh, um, and I know it started before my time as an elected official with the nation, but it's always been recognized as uh, the diamond in the rough, you know, and mm. so it was uh, in the early 2000s when we were, you know, out of 80 acres, we won a uh, court case in regards to receiving 10.4 acres back of this uh, village, village site of our people. And uh, ever since then, it's been, you know, we're waiting for the right time in regards to what we were going to do with this land um, for the future, whether it be the economic sustainability of our people, or we look at uh, housing our people. Um, what did that look like? And over time, up to the recent years, there's been works on the go, but I don't think um, meaningful work where our people were fully engaged until recently when... 80, 85 or 87 percent voted in favor of the plan development that we are actually uh, started already with shovels in the ground. But it was quite a journey for our people in regards to comprehending not only our needs, but what are our future needs, but also incorporating what are the future needs of Vancouver? What does this community look like down the road, um, you know, in housing is on everyone's yeah their list mm -hmm. you know sustainable housing um it's the number one priority for our people and we have a generational plan to move all our people home if they so choose so within 25 years so i imagine that this is a really big piece of that you know this the series that we're embarked on uh on this podcast is about how the future of vancouver is shifting and when I think about this project, you know, it really is going to change Vancouver dramatically. But in your perspective, Wilson, like, how do you see it as shaping the future? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, not just from my perspective and, you know, the, you know, you know, I I, I take on a lot of inherent uh, uh, responsibilities in regards to being an elected leader so like really passing down that baton and, you know, carrying the baton today, baton today is, you know, we're really looking at redefining our relationship with the outside world, you know, and, and, and really looking at how we integrate into the, you know, economy, but also how do we fit in regards to, you know, a redefined Vancouver mm -hmm. and the model we're looking at is you know what's the sustainability what are the challenges you know we want to find that middle ground and what i was getting at earlier in regards to where we're going 
our people were really engaged in supporting a model where we're housing our people and at the same time building economic wealth. So that's the middle ground we found. And, and it was the right time for our people to move forward with that. And it wasn't leadership's decision. It was the people, the membership that voted in support of this initiative and really realizing that we're at a tipping point as a nation to really move forward with a special development such as this in Sanok. And, you know, I know that every single initiative and project that Indigenous communities undertake, it's that seven generations perspective. And so how did that thinking go into this project? Yeah, it was, you know, like I said, we really we really took on a lot of inherent uh, um, decisions, but also the mindsets of our leadership of the day, you know, before we were a formal elected uh, system political system in our nation there was a hereditary chief set you know always fought tooth and nail for protecting who we are and where we come from our our rights and title but also really envisioning how we integrate with the the broader community you know we always are challenged by the thoughts of colonialism residential school we're at this point of reconciliation where we're we're at tables today where we're able to have conversations on what our needs are but not only that, our perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and being being indigenous to the land and deep, deep rooted with connections to the land and the villages in Vancouver, but also being around for the growth of Vancouver. And so I think that having that voice really reciprocates, you know, the city of Vancouver in their mindsets and really having an integral part of indigenous uh integration as well. So it's not only our Indigenous people, our nation, really integrating the ways of life of Western society or the way of life of Vancouver, but it's the city of Vancouver really adopting and inheriting, you know, really letting in the Indigenous feel and aspect to it too. So I really don't just see a strong relationship building um, that we're, we're down this road of building strong relationships, but I do see the very visual and very feel the touch and feel of an indigenous uh, perspective being um, I cannot wait till Sanak is built where you see the storyboards through this development of who the Skohomish people are and were at the time of uh, when we lived there. Cause we were since 1913, we were out of sight, out of mind in our own village. So now it's being able to integrate into the broader community and be not only be a good neighbor, but be um, part of the bigger community that is, which is ultimately a better Canada. It's really exciting. um, And I can't wait to see it. So try, if you can, for people who are listening to paint a picture of what it will look like and what will make this unique. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're looking at, the consistency of we're not just throwing up art and stuff like that from artists. It's actually going to be a, a journey. Use the word storyboard. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a journey of history of our people, history of our relationships with um, Vancouver, our neighboring nations. It's going to be a story of, you know, consistent with our artwork consistence with our culture and our traditions it's going to be um a foundation of 
a good conversation starter in regards to, hey, you know, um, you live here. The design and the aesthetic will be an opportunity for reconciliation is what it it hears. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yes, exactly. Uh, It's true reconciliation with, with, it feels sky's the limit where, you know, where we're not allowed before times it was we weren't allowed to practice and celebrate ceremony or share our language so this will be a full storyboard sharing proudly of who we are where we come from but connecting ourselves to the land and our families that live there and holding them up with and empowering our families that live there because there's a lot of um descendants that are that are with us today from that from that lived there that we want to empower them but more importantly empower our, our nation our membership and really build the foundation for tomorrow and carrying that legacy of the spirit of where we've come from like i said that journey uh, in our history of where we've gotten from the past to where we are today and where we want to go tomorrow so our 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 munmun our children of today would be able to carry that baton for tomorrow and continue that uh um that uh the growth of our people in our community and building that legacy that we're starting uh back on the land and you can really see why this is being called a historic project so just some details that i read on the website so 10 and a half acres 6000 plus rental homes and the largest net zero carbon residential project in canada uh this is also an economic development opportunity um you know, how many jobs are we talking about to build this all? Yeah. So if I had a concrete number, I'd give it to you, but we're looking at phases. So we're doing phase one and two right now. Okay. We have targets to train, um, get people their hours on site, but also we have subcontractors that are nation owned businesses that are actually active on site today. Like they started re- in the recent weeks, but uh so beyond this targets from the phase one and two, we do want to have opportunities because it is going to be a mixed use development where we have, um, um, you know, it's right in downtown Vancouver, close to Granville Island, right, sort of right in the midst of everything, all the good things that happened down in Kitsilano, where, you know, there's pure opportunities in our in our in our site here where we want to create not only jobs but career opportunities for people if they you know want to franchise out a store they want to uh you know take care of the maintenance around the facilities um the security aspects but we really see um you know our people living and thriving um you know when you say you want to people are going to either go to school nearby whether it's Emily Carr UBC but work and play is what I'm getting to. So if people want to, our membership, there'll be an opportunity for them to work around there, work there, play there, go to school there, um, and be a big part of the community. And it's um, the numbers. I, I, I'd love to get, come back to you on that. And safe to say dozens. There, but... we'll, we'll leave it at dozens <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we'll oh, be more as yeah. the phases happen. <laughs> you know, there's so much opportunity here. But like any project, there's got to be a few obstacles. Um, And so, you know, when I think of what uh, some of the obstacles could be, it is about, you're talking about schools. I'm thinking about the infrastructure or 
putting so many people on such a small parcel of land. Um, how is the nation addressing that? You know, what other kinds of thinking is going into to density and and addressing that? Yeah, there's we have a lot of, uh, you know, we our plans are everything is not going to go as smooth as we thought. There's bumps <laughs> in the road that we've had already, you know, with certain, you know, it's it's about, you know, people being overwhelmed that we're just all of a sudden there, you know, and it starts with education. If What's we can that, get the old to- adage, Wilson? It's uh, people, uh, I think people really both love and hate change. It's the thing that they love and the thing that they also <laughs> most resist, something like that. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, you know, we come in with a good heart and mind in regards to being a good neighbor. And being a good neighbor is being able to engage and communicate with the local community and demographics, but also the local companies, uh, the organizations, the school, like the school uh, school board, uh, in regards to sort of, um, we want to hear from them in regards to what their needs are, what, you know, and answer their questions. Uh, you know, you know, I don't see any question as, um, you know, very hard as long as we have a clear vision and clear uh clear messaging out to the general public we've done that so already but i think uh as we move forward we can only get better as we overcome certain challenges but at the same time we want to be able to educate and walk with the community at the same time uh while we're while we're uh um not only building but starting to move our people down in the in the area and uh growing the community and you say that it's uh, you know going to be a journey, a phased approach. Uh, what is the vision on when it will be fully complete, and um, what's the timeline for that? Yeah, I I know the phases part. You know, we're looking at uh, phase one and two to be estimated around twenty twenty five or twenty six. Um, we haven't had the latest and greatest update, but uh, I know things are moving in a good pace now. Uh, potentially the net, the na- the, I think 2028 to 2030, and it could be longer, but that, that was the original, uh, time estimated timeline that, uh, the towers would be done because after the first two, I know it gets more aggressive because it's, mm-hmm. uh, everything's sort of, the infrastructure is already set up and stuff. So, um, this is something that, uh, I don't know if it sounds aggressive with the timeline, but it, um, well, we do have a housing, uh, a critical housing shortage. And so I think urgency is on everybody's mind. So, you know, yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of appreciation for getting projects done quickly. Yeah, exactly. There is one thing I did miss, Bridget, in regards to the area as well. It's very significant to be a, a social gathering place historically. And that legacy is actually going to be brought out and be part of uh the development as well you know like we look at bridging two worlds we look at bridging you know our multiculturalism here in vancouver and bc uh we look at taking that the the cultural component of the area uh, the sacredness of it being a gathering place and bringing it out in today's context where we have gatherings of uh in the area and ceremony uh so we can really build those relationships and become a real social um piece of uh Vancouver's future. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges uh right now with this project? 
Yeah, I think, you know, we're we're continuing down the path for sustainable housing. So we're working with, you know, CMHC, the federal government. Uh, we're working with uh, always seeking out grants and, and so forth. And with all of this, it's just building partnerships to really ensure that all parties that we're, you know, having dialogue with comprehend the full vision, you know. And it's not just the Squamish Nation, you know, the city of Vancouver really wants to address the housing crisis. Uh, the federal government, Canada, wants to address mm -hmm. the housing crisis. Um, I'm sure you can ask, you know, one one and two or maybe even a higher percentage of Vancouver rights that, you know, they want to they want to be living in a sustainable environment rather than our people leaving Vancouver and the lower mainland. How do we strategically look at keeping them home? And this is beyond the context of my terms that I shared in regards to the nation members, our vision to keep bringing them home. How do we keep our Vancouverites home where they've grown up, where they've been a part mm -hmm. of a, a community, you, rather than, you know, finding careers elsewhere and moving elsewhere so we can have that strong, you know, community feel of people that have, have been living here their whole life because, there's that trend happening where a lot of our people are leaving, right? So we want to uh, continue building those relationships with uh, all parties to ensure that we can provide further sustainable housing. You know, we have political leaders right now, like the Premier of uh, BC, that really is big on housing. We have many others. Uh, the Mayor of Vancouver is really big on um, sustainable housing. So I think we're all speaking the same language. It's just how we get there and find the resources necessary to uh, implement them uh, moving forward and strategically, you know, keeping people home, but also inviting people, you know, where people are always with our arms open and welcome um, as long as uh, people come in a good way as well and reciprocate that uh, um, good feelings. Yeah, that alignment around collaboration and partnership is always so key to a successful project. Um, so I guess maybe one final question is, as people are driving through that area over the coming months, you know, going into summer and into fall, when will people be able to see a real dramatic change? You know, how soon, how quickly are things moving? Yeah, things are actually moving pretty good at a good pace right now. I would say anywhere from three to six months, you'll start seeing more of a visual, um, you know, when you when you start getting off the ground and uh, your your buildings get a little bit taller than the other ones. And uh, it, within three to six months, you're going to see uh, quite an impact to um, visually uh, in the area where um, I'm sure, and we're preparing for more questions and 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 so forth. But uh, and that engagement continues. Yeah, and engagement continues. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a plan for the fall, and we want to make sure that uh, that is implemented um, in a good way. But you know, it's very exciting just coming from um, like uh, myself and being sort of in the trenches, preparing preparing this when before we you know even broke ground or before we even. Um, um find found an official partner that we look you know to, to see it today is is has been quite a journey as well you know and i can't wait for us to be able to share that but share the history so we can really empower not only our membership and our youth but empower um you know like i like using the term vancouver rights because um we see ourselves as the big, broader community as well to 
strengthen it, but also be a part of the economy, the economy, you know, as we want to build economic wealth, it's going to build economic wealth for our, our city of Vancouver. Well, there's no question. This is a transformational project. Wilson, thanks so much for taking some time to talk to us about it. Oh, excellent. Thank you, Bridget. Anytime. 